Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. The sponsor of today's episode is an event you do not want to miss. Evangelical Christian School is excited to host best-selling author and world-renowned speaker Lee Strobel speak on the case for Christian education as part of their Partnering with Parents speaker series. Lee Strobel is the author of The Case for Christ, which was later made into an award-winning movie of the same name and shown in theaters worldwide and on Netflix. In addition to sharing his journey from atheism to Christianity, Mr. Strobel will encourage parents to continue upholding the truth of the Christian faith despite cultural trends that challenge the legitimacy of truth. Lee Strobel will speak on Tuesday, November 2nd at 6 p.m. at the ECS Shelby Farms Campus in Cordova, Tennessee. The event is open to the public and free of charge, but reservations are required. Register at ecseagles.com today before tickets are gone. Well, I am so excited to have my friend LaToya Edwards with me today on the podcast. LaToya is a Christian life coach, and she shares Bible study tips, prayer tips, and encourages us to take negative thoughts captive. And so I'm really excited to have LaToya on the podcast. LaToya, welcome. I am so excited to be here. LaToya and I met online as we all are doing these days, right? Um, But it's been a pleasure to watch her and follow her on Instagram and um, just know that she has a, I love how LaToya is very direct and very encouraging. And so I can't wait to talk with you today and that all the listeners get to have a peek into our conversation. Yes, it'll be fun. Okay, so let's let's start at the beginning. You're a mama who has four uh, kids, and yep. you are a single mom, and you also are a Christian coach, and you run your business, Women Finding God. So the question I want to know, and I'm sure my listeners want to know, is how do you get it all done? How do you do it? I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't get it all done. There mm-hmm. is a lot that I don't do. So my boys all the way down to the two-year-old, cause I've got my oldest is 15, youngest is two. They are very, very helpful. And that is intentional. So at like four and five, I start training them on how to help out around the house. So I do not clean during the week, Monday through Friday. I do not clean my kids. They clean the whole apartment, the whole house, you know, they dishes, bath, all of that. It's all their responsibility during the week. I do it on the weekends because I don't work on the weekend. So then I have more time. Um, they're in charge of that during the week. And I only cook dinner. Um, I don't cook breakfast. I don't do lunch. They are in charge of that as well. So delegating to 
the children really, really helps. And I mean, like if I am sick and I am down, like I don't have to worry because my big kids can run my house. Um, mm. Will it be like perfect or my level? No, but the kids will be fed. They will be relatively clean. The house will not be a complete disaster. So that is really, really helpful. And then I'm really protective of our time. So like I homeschool and I'm running a business. So there's just a lot that we don't do. Um, we go to church. I have one son that's in soccer. Uh, my other son does um, praise dance and that's kind of his thing. But we don't have a lot of outside stuff other than that because I just can't do it. I'm like, we can't be in $5, you know, things. I can't afford it. I, you know, nobody drives but me. <laughs> like there's only so much that I can do. So we are home a lot. We say no to a lot of things. Um, so that way, there's not a thousand things crushing on me because I realized very quickly that I can't do all things. Um, and when I try to do all things, I turn into a crazy person and not a nice person and like pterodactyl mom that's just like screaming all the time. And that's not good for anybody. So I learned to let go of a lot of things and the things that were really important to me, like not having a nasty home, I delegated to the children so that they can pitch in, um, and help out, which is awesome. I was like, you guys are going to be amazing husbands one day because I better not ever come to visit and you're sitting on the couch and my daughter-in-law is doing all the cleaning because you know how to like clean house and cook food and all of that. So yeah, yes. that's my tip is don't try to do it all because you'll die. Wow. Hey, that's real life right there. And let me tell you the two things that you, that I just sparked when you said that was to create responsibility for our kids. And you started that at four and five years old. And then also the second thing was that you say no to a lot of things that'll preach right there. We could stop right there and push end record and be like, that's a word for all of us today. Just say it. (laughs) Yes. And my kids know, like they don't even ask because they, I'm like, listen, like, Church is a priority. And then like, you can each have one thing outside of that and like be picky about that one thing because that's it. Like we're not adding a bunch of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have, you know, they've grown up and they know, no, we, we're not going to do that. Um, or they know to be like, well, mom, if I ride with my friend, I'm like, okay, if you can get yourself there, you know, they, they know how to, how to plan things. So just, it's so helpful to have your, like they're as capable of doing more than we give them credit for sometimes. Mm. You know, my six-year-old has been able to scramble eggs by himself since he was four. Wow. And I was like, see, like they, they can do, they will rise to the occasion. And so just giving them the opportunity to do that. I was like, oh, you can do that. Okay. And then they feel, you know, a sense mm-hmm. of ownership and mm-hmm. maturity. And there's a lot less complaining about stuff because mm. they understand how much effort it takes to have the house not be disgusting. Yeah. Well, and, and also I was thinking this too, is that they probably have very full lives, even when you cut, you know, if they have one thing to do and they're cleaning during the weekend, homeschooling, they have full lives and don't we all need to be more at home? I'm, I, I, I'm just going to say that. (laughs) Okay. Listen, they are busy. Like I was, it was funny this summer. I was like, I don't think I've seen you guys on the weekend, like all summer. Like, do you want to stay home? They're like, no. But there, you know, because we have those priorities and like we work really hard, like the first half of the day, we are hitting the books and working and then they're able to kind of relax and do things. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So having those priorities, they get to do stuff. They get to be kids and hang out with their friends um, without kind of all the pressure and the hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. Cause I just, I just don't have time for it. Like, no. And like you said, you, you, if they can get a ride with somebody, you're like, yeah, well that's them planning ahead. So, I mean, these yep. are life skills that they're doing at home. Well, yes. this, 
this offers so much clarity to me because I was like, how does she get it on all done? And I, this is, this is awesome. This is great. Instilling that responsibility in our kids and saying no. I love it. Okay. Let's jump in. We got to jump into your story. So a few years ago, you were in a relationship that was abusive and you were feeling alone. You were feeling scared. There are a lot of people out here, out there like this. And I think a lot of times they feel alone. Like you were feeling, they feel scared. They feel like they can't tell anybody. They feel like they can't um, open up to anybody because of feeling judgment or, or just feeling alone and not knowing who they can trust. So tell me, take me back to that time and share what was going through your mind then. Yeah. So it's just like, it's October domestic violence awareness month. So it's, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. So it was very strange. So I met my ex-husband in church. He was in church, involved in church, active in the church, all the church people were like, you guys should hang, like they were propping him up. And so I, I wouldn't say that I grew up sheltered, but there's a lot that I had no idea about because it wasn't something that was talked about. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in the church or in my house of people talking about abusive people or controlling people or mm-hmm. manipulative people. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was on my parents' radar. That was something to be talked about. So there's a lot of red flags. Like, oh, didn't you know? It's like, there are a lot of red flags, but if you aren't aware that that's what they are, you don't put the pieces together. So mm-hmm. I, my initial struggle was like, I didn't even realize what was going on wow. because nobody around me, they're like, oh no, he's great. He's this, he's that. Mm-hmm. And it took my mom kind of being like, something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Something's not right. Like, you're not okay. You're not safe what is going on? You know, you've got to stop and look around and think about things for me to kind of come out of the fog, so to speak, Mm. and to begin to realize, okay, no, like, it's not okay that I suddenly can't hang out with friends or that I've been isolated from my friends or that I'm being belittled for having an opinion or, you know, all of the things that were going on. And so I was, that was my initial struggle was just like, I'm an intelligent, confident, strong woman. Like, no, that can't be it. But just kind of wrapping your mind around, okay, so this is my reality. Mm. I'm not crazy. This is the truth. This is what's going on. It's always hard because like in your brain, you don't want to go there. Like you don't want to think about this person that's in your life and you know, that, that you don't want to go there. Like, no, people are good. Like people are fine. So that was like a big thing. And then once I realized that, then I was panicked because of my children, because I have my two older boys, Um, are from a previous relationship. So they were suffering and they're so sweet. They were not saying anything because they wanted to keep me from having that stress and that pressure because they're super protective. But then realizing, okay, so now I put my kids in this situation and they're suffering and they're not safe. Like, oh my goodness. And so I got to that point of realizing what was going on and trying to figure out well, like, what are my next, I didn't, like, I didn't know anybody that had been in an abuse relationship. Um, Like, I'm like, I don't, what do you do? Well, well, you know, well, you just call, go to the shelter. I'm like, but no, that's not me. Like, I'm not black and blue and, and this thing. So trying to figure out like, where do you go for help? Because Mm -hmm. in your mind, everybody on the planet in their mind, when you hear domestic violence, you have a picture in your mind of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. We all do. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, that's not our reality is not that picture that we have in our mind. And so you got to reconcile that even though it's not, 
it doesn't look like the posters that you see with people that are beat up. It's still abuse and those that help and those resources are still available for you. So I remember um, taking my brand new infant, like one month old and going to our, our local um, shelter just to the resource center and talking with the lady. And as she began to hear my story, like she just held my hand and she looked at me and she was like, you're being abused. And I just started sobbing. Like I lost it because I was like, okay, you're right. Like having, like going through the checklist and here's the characteristics and all of that. I couldn't get away from it anymore. And so I had to just say, okay, like she's right. This is my reality. This is my situation. And for a long time, I beat myself up. I felt guilty. You know, I did this. And the church that I was in was also abusive. I didn't know that at the time, but they weren't a safe place to go to for help. I remember calling the pastor to share concerns and I was like, well, you know, I'm not really feeling safe because I'm like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I'd be hard pressed to believe that about your husband. I was like, you didn't even let me finish my sentence. So feel that kind of downward spiral when you feel isolated and alone was really hard. And so for me, reaching out to, you know, the shelter and those resources was my first step into like community and getting out of that isolation. And then I think more for me, it was a spiritual battle because like, I literally thought I was either going to crack up and end up in an institution somewhere, or I was going to die because I was, all I could think about were all the bad and negative things that had happened and what could happen. Like my mind would just go down that path all of the time. And this was like a three and a half year court battle. Like it was a hot mess and really bad for a really long time. Mm. And so I was having to face my worst fears all of the time with no help and support, plus being postpartum and trying to run a business, homeschool and all the things. Mm. And so I remember so clearly one day I was sitting on the floor. It was like all the boys had gone to bed. I was on the floor in the dark in the corner of my room. And I was in a fetal position with my hands over my ears because I just was hearing so much negative stuff. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I was like, Lord, like, I'm not going to survive this. Like, I just like, just come get me because like, Mm -hmm. I can't do this anymore. And I remember the next day my mom came by to check on me and she's always said this to us growing up as kids, you know, she would ask us who we are. I'm like, well, I'm Latoya. She's like, no, no, but who are you? Well, I'm in Edwards. Because her point was, like, you're an Edwards. And as an Edwards, there's just things that you do and things that you don't do, mm-hmm. right? Like, we don't, we're not disrespectful. We don't run around, but those kind of things. But she, she's like, who are you? And I'm like, well, no, who are you? She's like, you're a daughter of the king. She was like, so are you just going to lay down and die? Are you going to get up and fight? Because mm-hmm. you are created for more than this. You have everything that you need to fight back. But you need to stop listening to the lies that are going through your head and hear the truth and stand up and fight. And in that moment, I was like, it was like a switch went off in my head. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, devil, it's on. I'm like, Mm. because you're trying to take me out. You're trying to take my kids out. And the mama bear like was like, wait a minute, like that ain't happening, you know? And I had to really find that courage in me to fight because I was afraid to fight. Like I had lost my voice. I was afraid to fight. I'm like, because like, I wasn't even doing anything wrong. And look what happened. Look how bad things got. Mm. And it was like, no, God was like, I am right here with you. Like, you're mm. not alone. Wow. Like, yes, it looks like you're alone, but you're not alone. 
I'm right here. And if you would let me take it over and give it to me, like, let me just show you what I can do. And I had to embrace that identity, that warrior, you know, like, I was like, okay, I'm not like alone here. Like I belong to the Lord and he has everything that I need, even the stuff that I don't know I need. He has it. And I have access to that. All I have to do is ask. And that helped me get more confident to like stand up and fight back and not mm-hmm. give in to all the crazy thoughts and not give in to what people were trying to put on me and, and, and all that stuff. So that was really like the turning point was I had to go, wait a minute, like, okay, this is not just about this person. Mm-hmm. It was like a fight for my soul. Cause I was like, I was like, I was done. I was like, I'm just going to lay here almost like Hagar. And like, I'm just gonna sit here and die because mm-hmm. like, I'm out. It's too hard. It's yeah. too dark. There's no hope. I'm, I'm done, Lord. Just like, come get yeah. me. Um, and so getting to that point and just being like, okay, I got to fight. And then mm-hmm. I had to figure out what that meant, what it looked like and how to do that. And also how to do that with your kids, because, you know, when you're looking at this, this is something extremely difficult you're going through, but then your kids are there as well. And yep. so I'm sure that also led you to just like, what, you know, what yep. am I going to do? Yeah. Um, well, and I want to, I want to also put something that, that just came to mind as I was listening to you, is that your mom was that someone to physically and looking lovingly look at you and say, okay, number one, something's wrong. And then to come back and say, wait, who are you? What a, yeah. what a wonderful leading question for her to ask. Who are yeah. you? You're a daughter of the King. Like, I think that is so, I think that is huge for us to stop here and, and say there, it is important to surround your, yourself with people around you. If it is a mom or if it is a friend or if it's a neighbor or it's somebody that you didn't expect, maybe a lady that reached out to you at the shelter, whatever it is that we have to have those people surrounding us. Yeah. Somebody's going to tell you the truth because my mom had been saying something was off from the beginning mm-hmm. and I wasn't listening to her. So to her credit, like she did not walk away. Like she was there the entire time, mm-hmm. the whole way through. If I yelled at her, if I snapped, like she was there, she did not, she was my mom. Like she was like, I see my child is going down this road and it, and she's not listening to me, but I'm not going to leave her. I'm mm-hmm. going to be there. So when all of my, like literally when I looked up and everybody was gone, mm-hmm. my mom was there. Hmm. And she is, I get my directness from my mom. <laughs> She'll Love say it. I got it a little bit worse than she does, but <laughs> I have to have, like, I have to have people in my life. We're going to be like, well, Toya, that's dumb. <laughs> like, you know, that's dumb, right? Like what? <laughs> no, like, don't, what, what are you, I have to have those truth tellers in my life. Yeah. Like, don't come and tiptoe and, oh, no, like, just come and tell me that I'm being stupid. Like, just let me know. Yeah. Like, I got to yeah. have that in my life. And my mom is like, number one, she, that's dumb. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, and she was there, like you said, and she never went away. You might not have listened. And that person that, you know, as we are, maybe we're friends of somebody that is walking through this, you just have to continue, continue yeah. speaking truth, speaking that directness to them and being there. I think that that is important. So what would you say to somebody that's walking this road that is in where you were a few years back? And it's just yeah. on that floor like you were. What would you say to her right now? I would, first of all, I would say, I believe you and you're not crazy. Cause that mm-hmm. is like the big lie. Oh, no. Go with your gut. If you feel like something's off, you're probably right. And it doesn't have to be something big for it to be something that you need to uh, deal with. Don't be so 
filled with shame or fear that you don't get the help that's available to you and get rid of the preconceived notion of where your help is going to come from. Unfortunately, not every church is a safe place for somebody in that situation. So it's really right? important. Yeah, absolutely. Like important go to, to mm-hmm. go to the shelter, go mm-hmm. to the, the quote unquote worlds that deals with this all of the time to those professionals. Like you've got to go to people that deal with domestic violence and abuse mm-hmm. situations, go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they are going to have the resources that you need, the information that you need, and they'll be able to connect you to different places. But then they will help educate you so that when you do go to your church or somebody else, you'll be able to know who is safe and who is not. Because mm-hmm. that church that I was in was not safe. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Was not safe at all. But I was in it and I couldn't see that. I had to get out of it for somebody to point out. She's like, no, like if you call your pastor to talk to him, he shouldn't cut you off. Right. Like right. he should listen to you. He's like, he should listen and like investigate. Like even if you were lying, like he should still listen and investigate. Like that's Absolutely. not how that call should have went. That's not okay. But right. to have somebody that was able to say, that's not like, no, that wasn't okay. Because right. I wasn't able to get that place on my own. Mm. And I would just say, like, forgive yourself Mm. because you're going to be like, oh, I chose this. I like, no, you've got to forgive yourself and let yourself off the hook because we all make mistakes because we're human. Mm. And then, like, get as close to God as humanly possible. Like, I wanted to just, like, crawl up into Jesus and just stay there. Like, Mm. that's how close I tried to get during that time. And that's what saved me was... Mm. The hardest time in my life was when I felt the closest to God. I had the most spiritual growth. Like it was so amazing because like, yeah, I had no support system. Not really, but I had God and and he became enough. Mm. And I grew so close to him because here's the thing. We are made in the image of God. And so if you want to know who you are, you've got to know who made you. And so Mm. the more that you learn about God, And the closer that you get to God, the more you learn about yourself. And so just be as like pray and be in the word and be in fellowship with, you know, believers and like do all of those things because that's what's going to carry you through. Like somebody that's going to like my mom, like, hey, like you have not been to church in three weeks. I'm coming to get you. (laughs) Like not (laughs) where are you? What's going? No, like I will be at your house in 20 minutes and get in the car. Let's go. Like those kind of people. That are not going to let you isolate even further. Mm. And I hear you say isolate and isolation because that is seemed to be like, I think, and I was studying this this morning. I was at Bible study and the study was talking about how we hide from God. And that's when we need to run to him. That's when we need to just pour our heart out to him. So I'm glad you said that. So I want to quote you because you said this earlier, but I um, read one of your blog post or Instagram post. I can't remember which, but you said the enemy had fed you lies. Um, well, I'm saying this, <laughs> the enemy had fed you lies. You were fearful. You were worried. Um, you had a lot of anxiety and depression, but you had, you had to make a choice. And so this is what you said. You said, I chose to stand back up and fight to reclaim what was mine as a daughter of the King. 
I mean, yes. So how did you do that? You mentioned a little bit about Bible reading, about prayer. Tell us a little bit how you did that. Okay. So I had, I resolved in my mind that I was not going to turn any help away that was offered. So I had two coaches. I had a mentor. I had a counselor. I was going to prayer meetings. Like whatever was out there, I was going for it. So I was like, I needed all kinds of healing. I didn't know exactly what kind of healing I needed, but I took whatever help was available. Like there was no excuse. It was not, I don't have time or I have kids. Like, no, I went, I committed to just getting the help that I needed. That's good. So that's the one thing. Cause I, I mean, I was a hot mess. A lot of mental health things were going on and I was like, I have to get this straight. And that was kind of that side. And then on the spiritual side, it was almost like I had to make my faith my own because I had bought into this lie. I talk about lies a lot. So I have a law degree and like two bachelor's degrees and half math. Like I'm not an idiot, but I had bought into the lie. I know. Like I had bought into this lie that I couldn't read the Bible for myself and have it make sense. Wow. Which sounds crazy when you're like, you have a law degree. What do you mean you can't understand the Bible? Like, Uh, but I had bought that lie and I was depending on other people to Mm -hmm. tell me what the word said. Mm. And so I had to undo a lot of those lies and those, like I was thinking and believing stuff wrong because I thought I couldn't open up the Bible and find it out for myself. Mm. And so I was like, I have got to dig into this. Like I didn't trust anybody. Even a pastor in a church that I felt was safe, I don't care what they said. No, like I was like, I was at a point where I didn't take anything from anybody at face value. Like I needed to know it for myself, Mm. which was good because Mm -hmm. it forced me to dig into the word. And so I was like, you know what? I am going to figure out how to study on my own. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I was like, I want to know about God. So I went through my Bible for those three years and every time there was a name of God or characteristic of God, like I wrote it down. I have this big notebook full of lists because I was like, I just have to know who you are, Lord, because Mm -hmm. I have not really understood the truth about who you were. And Mm -hmm. I dug into that of just knowing him and I wrote it down. I highlighted it. I dug really deep into that. And the more that I learned about how good he was and how gracious he was and how much he loved me and wanted to care. I was like, I was like, as mad as I was about my kids going through this stuff, like he was even more mad for all of us. Mm. And so I began to really relate to God as a, you know, like as an actual person, I, I, you know, he was kind of like this figure way off. And I began to really relate to him at, oh no, he's real. Like he's a person and he understands, like he's right here with me. You know, I used to have a chair and I would just talk to the chair like it was God. I mean, I looked crazy, I'm sure. But just that of he's real and he's right here, of having those things. And then as I learned more about him, I prayer was my next thing. Because I was like, I was always afraid of prayer. I felt like I didn't do it right. Like my mom is a powerhouse when it comes to prayer. Like I remember waking up and she'd be like, have been up for four hours praying. I'm like, what are you? Like, I can't do that because that's just not me. But in that, in that hard place, I learned how to talk to God. I'm like, okay, so you're just a person. I can just talk to you like... I'm having a really bad day, God. Like, I just don't know what to do. Like, I feel sad and I'm mad and the kids aren't listening and the dishes aren't done. And the like, I just started having conversations with him and it really helped me understand prayer. But as I unloaded that off of me, like I began to feel better Mm. and like kind of dealing with all of my stuff. Then I was able to actually fight when I needed to, because I couldn't, 
like I had this weight on me and I couldn't fight. I couldn't stand up. I can do anything with all that weight. I had to get it off. And the only way that I knew how to do that was to talk to God and to pray and to study and to go to therapy and to have these coaches and to have this mentor. Like, like literally, you haven't been here in two weeks. I'm coming to get you. And whatever you look like, just get in the car because we're going. Wow. Like I had to have that in my life mm. to get all of that healing and all of that work done. Mm. Because like, I didn't know at the time that it was going to take three and a half years in court to like get all this stuff taken care of, mm. but God did. And yeah. I needed to be mentally and emotionally and spiritually in a place where I could do what needed to be done. And so mm. I was finally at the point where I didn't hear those lies yelling in my ears all the time. I heard the voice of God because I couldn't hear him through all the other junk that was going on. Yeah. But I finally got to the point where I could hear him. And I could hear him say, listen, I know today is hard, but I'm here. Like sometimes I would just be, and it would just be this sense of I'm here. It wasn't any profound. It was just, okay, but you're here. So I, I could make it through like these five minutes because you're here. And I c- carried that with me through meetings and mediation and trials and hearings and all of that. But that is what really helped me. I had to know the truth about God. I had to dig in for myself. I had to heal and get rid of all that junk. So that I could fight, but my kids needed to see, you know, what, what to do. Yeah. Cause they were struggling too. And I, I couldn't help yeah. them if I was a mess. Mm. And so like we, I would listen, we're going to like, guess what I learned about God today. I learned that God says he's a protector. I learned that God says he's my lawyer. I learned that God said he's this sharing that with them and helping them to talk and plugging them into different places to get their help. And so that we could all as a family, you know, heal and be whole, but like, it was a team effort. Like I wasn't fighting by myself. You know, there would be nights where I would be on the floor crying and my son would walk over and he'd be like, mommy, God loves you. God's got this. We're going to be just fine, mommy, mm-hmm. you know, and he's seven, but, and, but I was like, okay, but I needed that. Yeah. Wow. It's incredible. I, I love it. You said I couldn't help them if I was a mess. And, you know, that's a a thing about, I mean, that's a word for us as moms is saying, if we're moms, you know, we can't take our kids deeper with Bible literacy or knowing who God is or teach them who God is when we don't know. So, um, okay. So the cool thing is, is that your business is called women finding God. So I love this, that you walked this, you have walked this and now you're teaching others how to do it, how to get in their Bible, how not to rely on devotionals. Tell me what you think how a devotional can or a fill in the blank Bible study can help you. And cause I know you, right. you say, no, you need to study it for yourself, but how can those help us devotional yeah. or something like that? So it depends. So what I see and what I used to do is I, that was a crutch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I would use the fill in the blank to tell me what to think and to tell me what to believe. Mm-hmm. And that's, not how they're supposed to be used, right? <laughs> right? Or I would get a devotion where I'm getting this lovely 150 words from somebody on one little verse and their thoughts and think, oh, I've been in the Bible today. No, I hadn't been in no. the Bible. I had right. been in somebody else's head yeah. that had been in the Bible today. Yeah, yeah, true. Right? So if you have that perspective on those things, they can be a part of your time, right? Like I, sure. I don't really use devotionals that's just me 
but like use that to send you deeper into the word. So mm-hmm. if the devotional is on a specific verse, go get your Bible and read that passage for yourself and dig into it for yourself. If you're doing a fill in the blank Bible study, have your Bible there and check what they're saying or say, oh, I really liked that one section about this topic. Let me go get my Bible and let's dig into more of that. So I like to use it as either a springboard, you know, to go deeper into the word or just as a supplement. You know, now that I spent time in word and I spent time praying, okay, now I'll add this in, um, you know, on top of that. Because I felt like the fill in the blanks are really good when you're just kind of dipping your toes in, yeah. you know, and trying to get a feel for it. But like, that's kind of like the milk. And we got to grow up and get to the meat. Yes. You know, so like use it to launch yourself in there. And there are some really awesome meaty are technically fill in the blank, but they're not really fill in the blank because they're making you go do the work. Right. I think like a Priscilla Schreier study. Right. Like it's technically a video fill in the blank, but she's not giving you the answers. She's like, so go get your Bible and you're going to like do some work and And go dig. Yeah. Right. So that's what you want. You want to be digging into it yourself. You want to be wrestling with concepts and principles yourself. You don't want it to be, well, this person said this first means that. So, Mm -hmm. okay, I guess that's what it means. They could be wrong. Right. Right. You know? And I, I, and I think it's as we use it as a tool to use a springboard. I'd love the visual of a springboard. I'm thinking of a diving board and how it bounces up. That's a springboard into the pool, you know, and getting, getting your word. That's a great tip though, to use those as, as a springboard. Okay. So what is that one tip that you would tell somebody that wants to dig in and they don't know where to start. I mean, number one, we need to go follow Latoya on Instagram. That's the first thing, right? And get on your email list. But the second thing, what was that big tip that you would tell them of how to dig into it? Start slow, right? So here's my thing. Don't do what I tried to do, which is open the Bible to Genesis. I'll just study straight. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) That's hard. (laughs) Right? It's overwhelming. So like start small. Okay. So I'll tell you this story. So like during that kind of hard time, well, I got to back up. So when I was little, I was deathly afraid of the dark. Mm. I would have nightmares. I wouldn't sleep. And so my mom and her infinite wisdom got to look from the dollar store, this little Bible. She still has it. It's so funny. And she opened it to the 23rd Psalm and she would put it under my pillow. So I would sleep on 23rd Psalm. And that's how I was able to sleep and rest, like literally laying my head on the word of God. Wow. So when I was going through that hard season in the beginning, trying to like dig into something new was too much. And so I started going back to what was familiar to me and what was comforting to me as a child, right? So David and Goliath, like those kind of stories. Yeah. And one day I circled back to the 23rd Psalm, which has always been my favorite Psalm. Mm. And I thought, well, I'll just read this for today. I was in the 23rd Psalm for nine months. Wow. Mm. Reading it, studying it, digging into it, Mm. like just mining all this good stuff out of those six or seven verses for Mm. nine months. Wow. So that's like, start small. Like you don't have to be like, I'm going to study Revelation. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, no. Like (laughs) pick a short book, pick a gospel, pick a Mm. short, you know, Mm. book in the Bible, pick a passage. Yes. And just say, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to stay here in these seven verses until you tell me to go somewhere else. 
Because, like, how many times have you read something in the Bible? Oh, I know that. I'll skip over that. Mm. I do that all the time. Like, oh, I grew up in church. Like, I used to teach vacation Bible school. Like, I know those Old Testament stories. I just, I can gloss all and know what I actually read. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that's what that meant. Yep. I mean, over and over. Well, when you see stuff and then you go back to it, then you're seeing it and you're like, I never saw that. Like yeah. I, the other day I was reading about Nicodemus and I never, I never knew that John three sixteen was right in when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. I'm like, wait, what? Yep. Excuse me. I didn't never seen that. So right. we can't gloss over those. We can't, no. we need to dig in. Like dig in. And like the easiest way to study the Bible is just to like get a dictionary and look up the words. Yes. Right. Because mm-hmm. if you don't like, so here's an example. My boys and I were reading the prodigal son story. Right. So did you know that prodigal applies to that wayward child and the father? Oh, because prodigal talks about like, yes, that person that has gone wrong and needs forgiveness. Uh But one of the meanings is also generous, like Mm. excessively generous and giving. It describes the father and Mm. it describes the son, Mm. which I had never I was like, oh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Then like, who knew that? Yeah. All we did was get the dictionary and look up the word prodigal. So like, keep it simple, you know, your Bible, something to write with and a dictionary Mm. will open up so many things for you just on its own. And then like layer on things as you get to it and just like, do what you can. Here's my other issue that I have with the fill in the blank studies is that you feel like you're behind all the time, right? Yeah. If life happens and you don't do your homework for the week, yeah, then you're behind. When right. you're doing your own thing, you just pick up and put down and start wherever you are yeah. without feeling behind. It's like, oh, well, I'll just pick up where I left off yesterday. Yeah. Um, right. And so it's, it's okay to go slow. It's okay to read the same passage for nine months. I'm like, I know that passage. That's, That's incredible. All I but I, I know that passage, Yeah, you know, like, yeah. so That's it's amazing. all right to just be slow yeah. and figure out the way that things are going to make sense to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a child that loves to draw. And so when he reads something, he will draw a picture and that's yeah. how he remembers. And I'm like, I don't do graphics and pictures. It's just, I don't know what that's saying, but mm-hmm. that works for him. So find right. that out for yourself. Like you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. You do yeah. have to study the word, right? Yeah. But you don't have to do it the way everybody else around you is doing if it doesn't work for you. Just be patient, mm. start small, take it slow. Do not start in Genesis and think you're going to work your way to Revelation. <laughs> don't That's do a that good to word. yourself. That's good. Don't do yeah. That. Yeah. Make it, keep it simple, but be in right. God's word. Yeah. You will hit a wall. You will hit a wall. Yeah. When you get to Leviticus. <laughs> Yeah, you will. Yeah. Yeah, you will. So take, do that another time. (laughs) Wow. This has been amazing and so good. We want to follow you. I follow you, but we want to all follow you on Instagram and find your website. So tell us where we can find you, LaToya. So women finding God is womenfindinggod.com and women finding God on Instagram. Um, You want to get on my email list because I save all my good stuff for those people. Yeah. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Yeah, they get all <laughs> they get all my stories. That's right. You know, I, all all the the teaching and and that kind of thing it's it's everywhere. But the stories are you know I keep those for mm-hmm. for the insider insider people. 
That's cool. How do we, so we can go to women finding God and get on your email list too. Or just on Instagram. There's a little link on there. You can um, hop on there. Good. Hear more of my story and and more of my tips. And I mean, I will give you a warning. I am a straight shooter. Yes. I don't, I don't tiptoe. I don't make it pretty and packaged. I just, I tell it like it is, but it's all in love. And we all need it. We all need that. You know, you're pointing us to Jesus and that's what we want and that's what we need. So, wow. What incredible story. Thank you for sharing that. I know that is a hard story to tell, but it's, you said earlier that it was just the most awful time, but it was the most beautiful time. And I've heard that lately of just, it can be the hardest thing that you're walking through, but it's the most beautiful thing because Jesus was with you and and he just delivered you from it and pulled you out. That's amazing. Absolutely. I mean, if we were less hard-headed, then we could have those experiences in the good times too, but we tend to be difficult, don't we? Yeah, we do. Right. Yeah. Okay. So last three questions really fast. We have less than 60 seconds. What are you eating, reading and loving? Oh goodness. Reading. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to lap. So I'm, I'm keeping up with my high schooler and his um, assignments that I gave him. So I'm reading Moby Dick right now. Yeah. He's going to be reading next. Okay. Cool. Um, enjoying that. What okay. am I eating? Eating, well, Like snacks. Exciting. Chips. We are chipaholics yes. around here. Yes, chips. Chipaholics. Do you dip? Do you do salsa or just dip? I mean, no, just, just, just chips. chips. Okay. Just chips. All right. What's your favorite? Yep. Oh, Doritos. Yeah. Spicy kinds. Okay. All right. We. I like Doritos. I don't like spicy, but I do like Doritos. No, like, I was even thinking the like the spicy. Even the two-year-old yeah. likes the spicy Doritos. Yes. Raising up right, girl. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, one? what are you loving these days? Oh. Oh, this is going to sound funny. So I just discovered a new TV show that's not new. Okay. It's called, called Bull. Okay. Really? I don't know about this. Yeah. So the guy, it's, the team is basically, um, he's a psychologist. Okay. And so he works in the, like his clients, they hire him because he can get into the minds of people to help them pick their juries and all that stuff. Oh. Um, kind of cerebral, but I like okay. that kind of thing. Okay. So I've been watching it with my older two boys. Um, so we were loving that. Okay. Awesome. I'll check it out. Hey, thanks again for coming on the show. This was amazing. And I'll put all of your links in the show notes. So y'all go check Latoya, uh, her women finding God Instagram out. And I'm just appreciate you giving me time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's show for more encouragement hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.